Let's kick it off with this quite un... It's not unbelievable, it's unfathomable decision that there is nothing to answer for Farrell with this high shot. Very respected British rugby writer Chris Foy. He was on breakfast this morning and he was asked, what do you make of it all? Good question. We haven't worked it out yet. Um, (laughs) We... uh... We all thought today would be quite a straightforward process of, uh, you know, inevitably a guilty verdict and a ban, and it would just be whether it was four, five, or six weeks. That seemed to be the sort of a wow. simple take on it all. And literally from the end of the game on Saturday until 1.30 local time this afternoon here, there had not been a sort of dissenting voice anywhere I could see at all in print, on radio, on TV, anywhere saying well, this is not actually a red card and, and this will be overturned. Just nothing. It had just been sort of widely assumed it was a done deal. Owen Farrell sat there in the sin bin looking like a bloke who knew that uh, a, a big ban was coming. He looked like he had sort of uh, the guilt on his face and that it was just an inevitable outcome and it was just a matter of the small detail of how much. And it's an absolute bombshell. I mean, it's creating chaos. I mean, I'm sure the ripples are being felt there too and everywhere else because it has such a big... You know, some potential ramifications for the game, the World Cup, everything that's coming up looks in a state of chaos. Yep, disgraceful. Um, The rugby world are just dumbfounded, as I am. Um, Players united in their... in their disdain for the dis- uh, the decision. Chris Foy was asked about, what about the outrage? What's the ba- uh, the backlash like with this decision? 100%. It's an absolute outrage. I mean, I've seen the Mo- Moala incident, and look, you know, that's, you're not supposed to do that. That is a tip tackle. Legs yep. over the horizontal, drop yep. him on the ground, danger. No question, there is, there is uh, an offence that's taken place there, and he deserves to be f- punished for it. But once you go beyond that, and then you compare the two things, it just looks farcical. And, mm. and the, the really uncomfortable, horrible thing uh, underneath the surface for all of this in rugby is it's just a sense of the haves and the have-nots, the, the rich and the poorer, the, the ones who can afford mm. high-powered lawyers and the ones who can't, and uh, the ones who are just on the inside in the cosy club and the ones who aren't. And that is the uncomfortable reality for rugby is it just looks terrible. It looks like there is one rule for one and it's not just Farrell, by the way, and it's not just England, by the way. This this stretches a little bit further. But there has been a lot of talk today in these parts about if this was a, a Pacific Island player, if this was an Argentine, if this was a French player, and so on, they'd have the book. And all black. And all black. Yeah, <laughs> but, but potentially the same. And, and voices from South Africa saying it would be the same if it was a Springbok. They would be in a huge amount of trouble. So I fully understand mm. beyond these shores that there's a huge amount of outrage about this, but I can guarantee you there's a huge amount of outrage here too. Like everyone is seeing this for what it is. And the other, the other factor here is they are implementing an absolute crackdown on the height of tackling in the community game in this country. And they're drumming into like unpaid players and coaches around the country, amateur players and coaches. You have to tackle lower. You've got to aim below the chest. Here's the line. This is going to be strictly enforced. And they're watching the England captain get away with, you know, trying to take someone's head off at the mm. weekend and thinking, why are we doing this? Why should we do this? Yeah, and the English rugby, they came out and proudly said that their um, reassessment of dangerous tackling was going to result in 4,000 less head injuries per annum. Not if that's your example, that it's not red cardable.
is the England captain, for God's sake. Um, absolute PR disaster. Final thoughts from Chris Foy. All I know now is I can I can absolutely bet that in the corridors of power, world rugby, six nations and so on, they will be running around panicking mm. because the last thing they want on the eve of a World Cup is an absolute PR disaster, which this is. It's a stink. Like the, the amount of noise about this from people who never follow the sport is off the chart. It's the it's the biggest story on our, our our website. You know, gets huge numbers all around the world. It's the biggest story on sport on our website today. It's gone nuclear, way beyond anything in in football, which is uh, normally sort of a uh, king in, in in this part of the world. It's a huge story. Loads of people are getting involved in it. It's high up all the bulletins here on the news and everything. And it just makes such a bad noise for the game. And they are just ahead of their big tournament where they want to sell themselves to the world and say, "Aren't we great? You come along and get involved in rugby and." no doubt, make a load of money on the back of it. It's a terrible state. It is a terrible state. They are going to get absolutely battered with this. So what I, what I do suspect is it might not quite be the end of the story, as in uh, there is a long history of this sort of scenario where World Rugby or whoever else, whichever governing body, are getting a bit of a, a shooing about a big situation and then suddenly something occurs, there's some sort of follow-up to it. So they do have the right of appeal, and I do wonder whether they will have a look at this and go, we just can't live with this because there are bodies such as Progressive Rugby who are out to represent the players who've been left with terrible health issues to do with concussions and so on. And they are absolutely slating this decision. And, and they know the bad noise it makes for the sport. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't quite the end of this yet. And it will be interesting to see what happens in the next day or two. I, for one, will be very surprised if there's no appeal. This cannot be let to lie. And as he says, right on the doorstep of rugby's biggest tournament, rugby's biggest world stage prize, and there's this farcical decision, and pretty much unanimous, I haven't seen anyone, anyone who's found that, yep, I could see that being downgraded for it. No one. Players, coaches, administrators, even rugby unions. It's outrageous. Give us a call on your immediate reactions, 0800 150 811. If you want to, you can go and have a look. Just Google Owen Farrell Tackle. It'll be one of the first video things. Have a, have a look at it and try and tell me how he got off that. 0800 150 811. Uh, we go to Darren in Aussie. G'day, Darren. Hey, Stuffy. How are you? Very well, sir. Not to sort of take the mickey out of a sensitive subject, but do you think the people who who were part of the judiciary on this were suffering from CTE? Potentially. Uh, I just like, I don't seriously, get it. Like I was talking to an English client of mine on Monday and I said to him, mate, have you seen this video? And he said, no, and I sent it to him. And he goes, man, he's going to get six weeks. And I said, nah, nah, he'll get two. Like this is, this is England rugby, he'll mm. get two. And I can't believe he got nothing. Like I was gobsmacked when I heard it on the radio this morning. That's just, it's making a fuss of the whole system. And it's they were just, saying that the mitigating circumstance was he changed, the, the, the ball carrier changed his travelling uh, trajectory, which brought the shoulder into contact with Farrell. But Farrell was knees bent at contact. He was straightening his knees. He was flying up. I just, that King's Council must be some sort of wizard. Um, I don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, he's employed to do yeah. a job, and by God, he's that. It, it's baffling to me. There's been a number of decisions in all sports. This one, I just cannot get it. But when you factor in his history, like seriously, yes. if Scott Barrett did it, he'd get 10 weeks Yep. without even blinking. 
And his history is nowhere near as bad as Owen Farrell's. Owen Farrell's history is probably one of the worst in the game, you'd have to think, at yeah. that level. Like, they, they should throw the book at him. Yeah, just off the top of my head without researching, I remember twice he's been banned for shoulder charges. Once he head-hired a teenager who was playing for Wasps and uh, knocked him clean out. He got suspended for that. He does exactly the same thing a few weeks before the World Cup and he's off. I, it's... it's <laughs> nah, this, this, mate, this is, mate, like I said, this is a PR disaster for these guys, but any team who's going to be playing against England in the World Cup, do you think they're going to have a little bit extra energy in there? And their sort of motivational speech before the game. Boy, will they? Oh, Shannon yeah. Frizzell, there's Owen Farrell. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, go get him. <laughs> yeah, but not high. Um, just, just something else on a, on a nicer topic. I can't believe this today. I, I checked the, my, my news feed. The Super Rugby draw came out. Yes. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I just saw that this morning as well. And the reasoning was we want to give people plenty of time to plan their trips away to see the games they want to see. Yep. Mate, I'm already planning the Melbourne Super Round. Yes. Bring that on. Round so. two. Round two. You don't have to travel much yeah. for that. <laughs> well, I do. I, li- I live like 50k out of Melbourne. That's <laughs> a bit of a day for me. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that already. Yeah. So. Nice. Which is, which is good. And, and, and finally... The final last year, first match of the season. Finally, they're starting. Do you think they're starting to learn from from what we talk about, Staffy? Are they finally getting there? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's great. That's the way to launch it. Oh, that's a crowd pleaser straight away. A match Mm. like that, that'll be huge. Mm. So anyway, you are going to be busy today with this topic. (laughs) Good, man. Thanks, Darren. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, Another great listener, Mikey in Christchurch. Mikey? Oh, g'day, mate. Yeah, I, I was following this from the weekend. I read The Guardian, and then I went online, had a look at the tackle, and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a red card. He's got history. And then I opened up The um, Guardian this morning, and had to, I thought I was half asleep. I couldn't. I was like, what? Couldn't believe it. Um, very interesting comments from Robert Kitson, The Guardian writer as well, and probably echoes the, uh, the number of people you've had on your show this morning. Um, can you imagine Sonny Bill at Twickenham does that, gets hmm. off, England would explode, absolutely explode with self-righteousness and, and all that sort of carry-on. But the thing that really staggers me and, and is that the amount of organisations, this one now, and organisations in the past, who seem to love an own goal, absolutely love an own goal. I think you could have a competition at the end of every year now and say, which organisation gave themselves the best uppercut to themselves or their own goal? Hmm. Because this is a huge one. Unbelievable or unfathomable, sorry, that's the new one, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is believable. That's the sad thing. Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess echoing everyone else, not, not much more to say on it except it is the worst look for it. When we just had a, a massive tournament, we we're still ongoing with the Women's World Cup, um, feel goods all around, um, and this starts off with a sound note. Um, so there you go. Hey, just another thing, how do you feel about your team, Spain, getting through? Oh, are they? Oh, I, I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> you must have put the reverse mockers on them, Steffi. I oh, know. Uh, it might force me. I mean, I'm cheering for the Matildas tonight, but if England get up, I think it's the first time I would have ever cheered for an English ball, <laughs> uh, apart from cricket when they play Aussie. But 
Oh, anyone yeah. but Spain. ABS. There you go. All right, mate. Have a good one. Take yeah. it easy, mate. Thank you. Um, another call. Uh, Gary from Upper Hutt, the great man. Very nice to meet you last ooh, Thursday, wasn't it, Gary? Welcome in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great night last Thursday. That's what I was actually going to start with. Just thanking you for yeah, you know, brilliant night there. I could have sat there all night and listened to those stories. <laughs> stories that aren't for radio, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, some of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Hey, on this Iron Farrell thing, I mean, it just smacks of the old boys sort of network, doesn't it? I mean, my God, they just look after each other. Yeah, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm yet to find anyone come out in agreement that that was the right decision. I mean, I'd, I'd get lambasted as well, but I just... Oh, I, I don't think it is. I think it absolutely smacks the corruption. I mean, you go on about there's a, Q, uh, a QC there arguing his case, but he argues it to um, the panel, doesn't he? Who yes. are these people on the panel that agree with him? I mean, it, it's just corrupt. Yeah. It has to be. There's, there's, there's no other word for it. And I'm just wondering, if... If he did that tackle in a club game and there was no World Cup in a few weeks, you can't tell me it would have been downgraded for red from red to you can play this weekend in your club. Oh, the World Cup must have had a bearing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's what I say. It just, it just smacks of that old boys network and they will look after your son and they would have had a quiet little word, all right, you guys turn a blind eye to this. We'll, we'll argue this and you'll agree and that's that. I mean, it's, it's just an absolute joke. And I just say, though, you, know, you go on to... Um, the Manu Samoa, it was Manu Samoa? Tonga. Um, was it? Oh, Tonga, sorry, yeah. And 10 weeks, I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> but, but that's the way it works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, look, I've got, I've, even without the Owen Farrell tackle, I thought 10 weeks was stiff for George Moala because it didn't land on his neck, didn't land on his head. Yes, it was a tip tackle, um, maybe four weeks, something like that. But when you line it up on the same weekend with what Owen Farrell did in at 0 and 10, oh, must have been a different panel. Yeah, and this is, this is a guy with history, though, as well. So much history, not just one or two. He's done it his whole career, yep. and he hasn't changed. And he's gone to the tackling school as well. Give me a break. That whole thing's a joke as well. I can't agree with that either. That's just a, a way of reducing guys' sentences so yeah. they can get them back in the game quicker. That's exactly it. That is exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Good man, Gary. Paint, hey, um, paint, sad, sad paint. see last night... The, the local Upper Hutt girls didn't make it through, unfortunately. Oh. I think out there at the campus, they were getting the sign right out there, home of the world champions, but I will never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. No, good stuff. Good man, Gary. Thanks, All buddy. Right, Have a good day. See you, mate. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back after that. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. A uh, few text messages in saying the panel was all Australian. So the panel's chair was Adam Castledon. He's a Sydney-based uh, barrister. And a couple of former Wallabies, uh, John Langford and David Croft. I remember David Croft from the Reds. and In fact, they're both former Wallabies. Um, just on that ruling, uh, just hold the aid um, because I've just found uh, mitigation for the player was found on the basis that Basham was pushed into Farrell's path by hooker Jamie George. His reprieve comes as a major surprise given Farrell had previously served three bands for dangerous tackling. And the player's now free to take part in this weekend's warm-up game against Ireland ahead of the World Cup. 
surely they won't pick him to play against Ireland because can you imagine the reaction if he played this weekend? And interestingly, Farrell acknowledged that he had committed an act of foul play, but he denied it was worthy of a red card. Um, After questioning the player in detail, hearing submissions about the player's representative, the panel decided to rescind the card. Chuck it out. And as such, they concluded that the foul play review officer to whom the decision is referred, if it's unclear whether it warrants a red, was wrong on the balance of probabilities to upgrade the yellow to red. Only person in the universe that thought that, surely. Let's go to the life member, Zaid. G'day, Zaid. Uh, good afternoon. Um, are you able to, um, at some stage, tell me who the um, Blues fixtures that they've got um, that you can see on the um, Super Rugby at some stage? Um and um, a few things I had quickly on the NRL. Um, I saw um, Payne Haas looks like he's re-signing for the Brisbane Broncos. Yes, he has. Yeah. Um, and I was wa- I was wondering, like, um, do you reckon they would ever try? You know how the NRL is going to America next year? Do you reckon the Super Rugby would ever be interested in doing that? Yes, I do. So that would be um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. Um, blues for you, okay. Uh, their opening game is against the Fijian and Drua. They haven't decided where that's going to be played yet, but it will be 4.30, Saturday the 24th, round two. All the games are in Melbourne. I'll give you the first fours, eight. Round okay, three, um, potentially their first loss against the Hurricanes in Wellington. How about that? Round three. Uh, <laughs> and then the fourth round, they are away to the Waratahs. They've got a few away games to kick off. Oh, and then round five, Crusaders. At home. Is that in Auckland or Christchurch? At home, at, in Auckland. Oh, okay, cheers. So that might be the first home game then. Um, is that their first home game? Gee, round five, no, maybe round round one's a home game against Fiji and Drua. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, sounds good. And um, one other thing quickly before I go. Um, yeah, and I thought Tavita Pongai Jr., pretty big call on him. He's going to try out the waters in boxing. And um, I don't know how he's going to get the same amount of money he's been getting in the NRL. You know, he's on a $700,000 um, your contract in NRL. I'm interested to see what Sam kind of thinks about that. Pretty big call. Yeah, so when he's only like 20, 27. Yeah, Tavita Pangai Junior. I don't know how, what sort of, um, yeah, yeah, where, where the level is. Of, I think he's played Origin before. Um, yeah, he like had a, a game this year. Apparently, one game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's you know he's in the top echelon of rugby league players. To chuck it all away and go boxing is. Quite incredible, yeah, unless he's been cool. promised a million dollars to fight Paul Gallen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Good to hear from yeah. you, Zade. Yeah, sweet. Cheers. Take it easy, boy. Um, life member Zade there. Um, we've also got some um, good chance they won't pick Farrell against Ireland. High probability of reoffending. Yeah, they don't want him to reoffend because then he would get kicked out. We'll take some new sport and weather. We'll come back after that. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Back to the phones we go. We talk to Eddie. G'day, Eddie. Hey there, Steffi. First time caller. Hey, welcome in. Awesome, bro. Up the was. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all you need to say. You're, you're my friend instantly. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Stephanie, I was just listening to you talk about um, Owen Farrell with that red card. Um, I just saw something on social media that 
George Mola got 10 weeks banned for a tip tackle. Yes. Um, I, I think it's a load of crap, but I just wanted to know what your thoughts were, how he's the captain for an English side and he's getting let go, yet our poor Pacific people are getting the 10 weeks banned. Mate, it stinks to high heaven. It absolutely stinks. Do I think George Moala should have been suspended? Yes. Do I think it should have been 10 weeks? No. Probably three or four. But when you line it up against Owen Farrell, um, it's like trough eating for the English. He's fed truffles. The lesser teams are fed two-day-old spaghetti, mate, and it's just it just reeks of unfairness so you're justifiably peed off as any yeah. fully sighted rugby person would be it's it's ridiculous no that, that, that's all Steffi, I just wanted to share my thoughts on that but uh, after my there we go good man Eddie great to hear from you Thank you, Stephanie. See you, boy. Oh, so good when those words, first-time caller, love it. You can be a first-time caller too, anytime, 0800 150 Our great mate Graham down in Marlborough there says, hey, Steph, I can't ring as I'll swear, with the shocking decision, referral. But how did the panel who are two ex-Australian rugby test players, what were they thinking? Oh, what were they looking at? It's crazy and sad. Sad's an appropriate description. And... All of this talk about player welfare, it's all crap. This is their chance to exercise their meaning behind this phrase, player welfare is of the utmost importance. Well, now it's not. Now it's not. Oh, Staffy, the Blues opening game is in Whangarei against the Fijian Drua. There we go. Whangarei, people. That must be Chippy Seminoff Stadium uh, opening game for the Blues. Cool, cool. All right, um, we will take a break a little bit earlier than normal because we want to have a little bit of time up our sleeve to talk to our next guest. Very much looking forward to the Warriors against the Manly Seagulls. Uh, former player for Manly, centre, second rower. He's a bit of crack up at sometimes too, and he does a bit of media over there around the NRL, and I believe he's coming over to the game. Justin Horo, he will be joining us straight after the break.